5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. 25 minutes to 12 o'clock on 5AA. State of our state. We do this every Monday at this time. And today in the studio with me, uh, the Chief Public Health Officer of South Australia, Professor Nicholas Burrier. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. Now, we're going to talk about influenza. Of course, the lines are open, 8223 0000. Influenza, we know, a viral infection, fever, headache, muscle aches. We've all had it at some stage. It can be very serious. And for some people, hospitalisation for people who are pregnant or have chronic health problems, uh, more at risk. I, as we know, it spreads quickly, easily, uh, etc. And probably much more than a, a simple cold. So let's put some questions to you on that front to start with. Influenza, is it just a cold? It is definitely not just a cold. It is a virus and you often have a bit of a runny nose and a sore throat with it, but it goes through your whole body. And as you've said, when you get flu, you can uh, have a high fever. Um, you can get muscle aches and pains. You really feel terrible. Um, you often have to just go to bed until you get over it. Mm. And uh, in young children, they can also get uh, diarrhea and vomiting. And um, it's it's the sort of thing you really want to avoid. A few weeks down the track from having the flu, some people are still quite fatigued, so it takes a little while to get over it for many people. Yeah. Um, particularly as those groups that you've said, we have in our social um, consciousness this idea that um, older people are more vulnerable, and so it's a social norm for people over the age of 65 to go and get vaccinated. But what we do know, and I'm a paediatrician as well, yeah. and I've seen many children uh, sick in hospital with these sorts of viral infections. So it was about 2018, I think, that South Australia, we were the first jurisdiction to say, look, it's important for young children to also um, be vaccinated and prevent them getting sick. So um, we were uh, the, the first state to make it free for children less than the age of five. But that's fairly recent. And then we had the pandemic and the borders were shut. So we didn't see much flu around. And I can understand why parents yeah. wouldn't even think of flu vaccine if we haven't got much flu around. Mm. But now, um, uh, since the borders have opened, we are seeing flu. We will have seasonal flu every winter and one of the things that we're very keen on is is uh, getting this message out and supporting this message in our community going forward that if you've got a child less than the age of five get them vaccinated every year against the flu we had a child just the other day died didn't we of the flu is that correct i think that there was a child in uh, victoria i no, don't victoria, think from our it? state okay, no right. but it is something where we do see deaths from yeah. uh, in little ones and if you can imagine um an adult with their big chest yeah. and their strong muscles and the the ribs all well developed and a large uh, airway and larger little airways going down into their lungs you can bear that to a tiny little baby mm. um, who has a very soft chest wall. Things haven't been developed uh, fully and um, they've got a floppy airway going down. The trachea is all floppy. When they get sick and they get the flu, they really run into trouble breathing. And parents who have seen a young infant with um, bronchiolitis or a respiratory infection, they'll know that they suck in here mm. um, at, at, at the neck and their, their little muscles are working really hard. So um, kids get into trouble and particularly yeah. less than five. And you can get complications with flu. Uh, babies and, and young children more likely to go on and get pneumonia, mm. also more likely to go on and get ear infections. Um, and so, um, and croup's also a complication of influenza. So many, many reasons why I'm starting this process now with our campaign this year to start become a social norm yeah. for parents 
get your child vaccinated against the flu. Okay, and and not just little children either, even even you know kids who are ten. 12, 15. Well, exactly. I mean, that we've, we provide free flu vaccine for the under fives because okay. they are the ones that end up getting more severe disease and getting more right. likely to be hospitalized. The older children tend to be more of a reservoir, not get as sick, but still pass it around. Yeah. You know, the hygiene of a eight or nine year old is yes. not perfect. So <laughs> our rates of, um, flu, our flu notifications are higher in the childhood age group. But I also noticed there's a little increase in um, uh, about 25 to 40. That's the parents. Kids will have caught it at childcare, yeah. uh, brought at home, and the parents are infected, yes. whereas our rates in older South Australians are not that high. Flu season this year, what can we expect to see? I mean, we I've heard it's not a good dose of the flu. It never is, I suppose, but some flu seem to be worse than others. Yes, Um Flu A is mm. there's t- flu A and flu B. Yeah. Flu A tends to have dif- different variants, and that's the one with pandemic potential. At, and we don't have a flu pandemic this year, but it's got that potential. It's the one where there's reservoirs in animals, for example, and we can get this the the strains changing. Mm. Um, so we know that it will happen over winter months. But the thing that people will always say if you've seen one flu season, you've only seen one flu season. It is actually quite different difficult to predict other than to say okay. that it's going to happen over winter. Right. So you could have a look um, uh, at our graphs, our epidemiology graphs over the last few years, and sometimes you get a high peak, sometimes you get a late peak, sometimes it's pretty flat. Mm. But the one thing we can do, regardless of what it ends up looking like, is if we all protect ourselves with a vaccination on early in the season, yep. we're much less likely to have a bad outcome across our population. Okay. Now, do we know how many people have had the flu vax this year? I was trying to get my most up-to-date data this morning and I uh, couldn't get it out of my team because sometimes we don't have the uh, ability to pull it from the data source, which is the um, Australian Immunisation Register. But um, last week, the the group that I was looking at was the under fives okay. and it was 14%. Oh, wow. So it's pretty low. Yeah. Um, and even last year, it only got up to 33%. Um, so we've got certainly got a way to go. The last um, look that I had for the over 65s, it was well up above 50%. So those those people, they know what they're doing. They've gone off and they're getting their vaccination yeah. done. And that was data from a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sure that's gone up. Um, but interestingly, when we look across our whole population, we're sitting at about 33% in South Australia for, uh, for our whole population. And we're actually um, one of the highest jurisdictions right. as a whole of population. Well, yeah. That's that's positive. It is positive. Yeah. So you, you mention A and B as as different strains. Does the vax cater for both? Yes, it does. And uh, the other thing I should say about um, uh, influenza B is generally it's not as severe, particularly in older people. Mm. But the thing is, it is more severe in young in children and in babies. And in, we've just started to see an increase in flu B. It was mostly flu A, but uh, the last couple of weeks we're starting to see more flu B. And as I said, we're seeing more notifications in those younger age groups. Okay. So if any, you know, I know that the older adults are important too, but I they know what they're doing. Yeah. It's the um, parents with young children. They're the ones that we really need to get these messages to. If you've been vaccinated against COVID, COVID, do you need to wait? 
before you get the flu vax? No, you can get or them. Or vice versa, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you can actually have them both at the same time, no problems at all. When we first got the COVID vaccine, we did suggest separating them, and the only reason for that is so that if there was a problem with the COVID vaccine, we knew it was the COVID vaccine yeah. as a new vaccine and it wasn't the flu vaccine. But you can definitely have it together. Okay. But just the way things work with the timing, um, the flu vaccine is seasonal. The best is to have it as soon as it comes out before we start to get increase of cases. Right. So my husband, I'm going to give you the example of my husband, David. Okay. So he got his flu vaccine oh, six or seven weeks ago when it first came out. And um, uh, he said to me, what about my COVID booster? And I said, well, hang on. You had COVID just before Christmas. Yep. So you have to wait six months okay. before you go for your COVID booster. And you, uh, you're probably thinking it's about six months now. So I thought oh, I'm going to have to remind him, get him, yes. get, him get, get booked in for that. Yeah. So the thing with COVID, uh, it's not seasonal. And it's to do with when you last had an infection or last had a booster. All right. Um, the uh, If you've had the flu this year, do you need the vaccination still? Um, look, we still recommend being vaccinated. Uh, of course, you want to have got in early and prevented yourself yeah. getting um, the flu in the first place. Some people may have had the flu and not even realise they had the okay. flu. So, of course, just go and get vaccinated. Yeah. And it can really, I mean, as you say, you may get a light dose of it. I had the flu once some 15 years ago, I reckon, where I just couldn't get out of bed. It, it can mm. be really bad, can't it? It just... can be awful. I miss one year. I have, sorry to say, I miss getting vaccinated yeah. and I got the flu and it was shocking yeah. um, and I don't ever want it again and I don't want anyone in my family to ever have it and I just make sure you get yourself vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, there might be people listening now who are currently sick. What, what advice have you got for them? Um, so you really have to rest. Uh, your body's trying to fight this viral infection. If you're one of these people like me, like to get up and go for a run in the morning, don't do it. You're really going to have to stay in bed and get over it. If you're um, concerned that you're coughing or you're you're having uh, um, lots of trouble breathing, particularly if you've got other chronic health problems, it's worth going to see your GP. Um, but generally, uh, for many of us, it's basically staying in bed and trying to get over it. Right. But that there's that period of time. Of a few weeks after having the flu where you can be quite run down yep. um, and that's one of the reasons why it's better to get vaccinated in the first place, prevent it. This is why it, it so worries me about the little children. Yeah. I keep thinking about all the babies out there that are not vaccinated and um, when we can do something as a community to prevent that happening, um, why not do that? Yeah, it's an important message mm. and, and certainly for parents, peace of mind as well, long term. Um, we need to go to a break uh, very soon. I just want to ask you because there's a lot of people ringing for uh, regarding COVID. There's a stack of texts on that as well. Do you think the, the COVID vaccine campaign, mm. which hasn't really resonated, do you, do you think people are over it that, you know, you, you've been talking about it now for into the third year that people have gone, eh, that'll do, we know. Well, look, we, we, uh, we it was incredible that we got you know, what was it, 93% or I can't remember mm -hmm. the numbers now, but of our whole population vaccinated yeah. in a very short period of time with a new vaccine and th to get those two doses. And many people also had the third dose when they knew Omicron's coming, it's yeah. better to have the three doses, which is an incredible mm -hmm. feat. And that's put us in a very, very good position. Um, so for the majority of people, and of course, some of us will have unfortunately also had COVID, I've one of those. Mm. What we do know is with um, two or three dose of the vaccine and an infection, uh, you get this hybrid Im immunity, which is gives you probably one of the best forms of protection. But um, 
it's early days. We've only had this virus around for three years. Flu's yeah. been around for thousands of years. Yeah. So we're in the early days, even though we've said au revoir to the pandemic. In terms of this, uh, the virus being here and knowing our body and learning for us to live with that in our environment, it's mm. early days. Um, so uh, we... Um, over the next year or two, we'll have a bit more of an idea about the waning of the vaccine impact and about um, how we will need to use boosters in the future. I went to um, uh, Italy last year and went to the vaccine conference, the International Vaccine Conference. There's a lot of work being done on second-generation COVID vaccines, uh, some to increase the um, immunity in your nose because okay. that would stop you actually catching it. Right. Um, and so I think there's a lot that we'll see in the future in terms of the COVID vaccine. So this is really just the first start of that yeah. and how we're protecting ourselves. All right. Well, we've got a few people waiting to have a chat. We'll go to you all right after. After these words. South Australia's free print and digital publication 50 Plus SA is out now. This edition celebrates 50 years of the Adelaide Festival Centre as well as local food and wine, travel, film, art, finance, health and so much more. Grab your free copy at over 400 distribution points across SA including Adelaide's finest supermarkets or jump online today and read the mag at 50plussa.com.au 50 Plus SA proudly supported by 13 Adelaide's 5AA. Here comes life. <laughs> Prepare for it with Booper, Canstar's outstanding value health insurance for 2022. Search Booper to make the switch today. Booper, because life happens. Well, by now, everyone knows about Corby Cotman's products. Of course. A word was bound to get out. Leaks? Not a chance. Cormie has scientifically designed leak guards. Ooh, effective? Well, had the US Army used them, we never would have heard of the Ecuadorian Embassy. (laughs) That's some protection. (laughs) And if you're on a home care package or an NDIS participant, Cormie will give you a free trial pack worth up to $100. Just go to cormie.com.au. Energy bills are so expensive now, you kind of feel like you're pouring money down the drain every time you turn on the hot water tap. Well, EcoVantage could change that up in no time. They can swap out your existing gas or electric hot water system for an energy-efficient heat pump and get this, as little as $0 thanks to government-facilitated subsidies. You can save up to 70% on your water heating cost, which takes a huge chunk out of your energy bills. Heat pump technology uses far less energy than the old-school hot water system. EcoVantage, they make it so easy, you wish you did it sooner. Even if you're renting, ditch your old hot water system, then sit back and save. Pump your energy bills down with EcoVantage. Head to ecovantage.com.au and you'll find out how. Terms and conditions apply. Would you like to choose which support workers come into your home and offer your home care support? As one of the few home care providers offering true self-management, HomeMade partners with you to design your support plan to suit your needs. By choosing HomeMade as your provider, you'll be able to choose the support workers you want from a ready-to-go partner network. And when you find people you really connect with, you can book them again and again. Visit homemadesupport.com.au and book a free consultation today. Adelaide Direct Stationers is more than just stationery. We're one of SA's largest suppliers of tech products, washroom products, PPE, workplace health and safety equipment, office furniture, food, snacks, beverages and much more. We have all your office and business needs in one place. 
with free next day delivery on orders over $50 plus same day two hour express delivery. Adelaide Direct Stationers serving SA's largest businesses and a preferred government supplier. Visit adelaidedirectstationers.com.au When you've been around for over a century, you know a thing or two. And Business SA and Ray White have almost 300 years between them. So when an alliance is formed between Business SA and Ray White Business Sales SA, they're bringing all their experience to your business, making sure it's in top shape, whether you're buying, selling or somewhere in between. So go on, touch base with the experts. Search Ray White Business Sales SA. Proudly partnered with Business SA. Matthew Pantelis on 5AA Mornings. Nine minutes to 12 on 5AA. Professor Nicholas Burrier, Chief Public Health Officer in the studio with me. And this is State of Our State every Monday at around 11.30. Someone from the government is here and they're here to help. And Audrey is on the line from Windvale. Hello, Audrey. Good morning, folk. Um, Professor, both my husband and I are up to date with our boosters. But you're saying six months after you have COVID, then you have your booster. We had our booster and three days later, my husband got COVID. Five days later, I got it. Is that booster, are we covered or do we need something else six months time? Um, well, I'm in the same situation as you are, Audrey, because when I had my COVID, it was just a few days after I'd had my fourth booster. So basically, um, you'd be waiting now six months. And this is what Atagi's most recent recommendations were. But I suspect uh, towards the end of winter, we'll hear an update from Atagi. Um, so given that your infection and your booster were at the same time, um, you've basically got a six months window now that you're really very well protected. I'm glad to hear that you're fully covered. Right. So can you get another booster now if you're you're at your limit or do you wait the next year for your booster? So um, if there's another one next year. Yeah, sure. So um if it was 6 months ago that you had your booster and you had your uh, infection, I'd be just checking with your GP to see how many boosters that you've had and if it's 6 months then it's um likely I don't have all your details but it's likely that you probably can have another one now. Yeah, after yeah, 6 yep. so it's either 6 months after your last shot or 6 months after you've had covid. Yes. That's that's mm. the current thing. Thank you. Audrey. Uh, Bev at Hampstead Gardens. Hi, Bev. Yeah, good morning, uh, Professor. Thank you. Uh, I'm just bringing up my inquiries, Professor. Um, we've, we've been fully vaccinated right through. We had our uh, uh, flu shot besides Max and I. And uh, I'm just bringing up my inquiries too. Uh, our last boost was uh, six months ago. Mm. Uh, we're I've, I've had health issues most of my life, uh, lung problems mainly. Uh, Max has had major heart surgery. Uh, we let, we are now eligible for another uh, booster. Yes, that's a, quite a similar question to Audrey. So if it's been six months since your previous booster, I would uh, think that you will be eligible, um, particularly if you've got some chronic health problems. I'd definitely be going in to see your GP. They'll have all your previous vaccination data on record and they will be able to give you that advice. But um, definitely, given that we've got a lot of COVID around, yeah. I'd be getting into your GP and, and making that appointment. Jeff at Newton. Hello, Jeff. Good morning to you both. Nicola, thank you very much for everything you've done for the population of South Australia in the last three odd years. 
I'd like to know what the initials RSV stand for. If you could tell me slowly, I want to write it down, please, and then we'll have a little chat. Um, thank you very much for those kind words. So RSV is respiratory syncytial virus, so respiratory syncytial virus, and it is another common respiratory infection that we see particularly over winter. So is it similar to having the flu or is it something else completely different? Um, look, all of these things do tend to infect our respiratory tracts. I know a lot about RSV because it's one of the things that causes bronchiolitis in young babies. It was, it's the most common cause of bronchiolitis, oh, which is all a, right. Yes, just, talk, yeah. just talking about that quickly. Yeah. Son and daughter had their first child last Thursday. By Saturday, it had a lung infection. So they oh. put it back into the hospital and got some attention. Would that have been? RSV or could it have been something else different? Um, there's about 12 respiratory viruses actually that we test for when we do a PCR in the hospital and they would have done that I'm sure on that little baby and I'm really sorry to hear and I hope that they're on the, the men now. Um, so it could have, uh, it could have been RSV. Now the thing is again we've got great scientists out there. There's going to be a vaccine for RSV. We don't have it just yet but this is something I'm so looking forward to as a paediatrician because it will make a huge difference for our little ones. All right. Now, no, you've got lots of calls, so thank you very much for your help and explanations, and I'll let you take the next call. Thank you, Jeff, for, for ringing in with that. Just some... Uh, I might go to the text very quickly. A lot of people... Well, here's one. Uh, vaccinations for allied health, COVID vax, so they can go back to work. Are we going to drop that mandate? Um, so during the emergency declaration, we had a range of mandatory vaccines in South Australia. To be really clear, though, we had lower requirements for mandatory vaccination in our state than any other jurisdiction. Um, I heard uh, from somebody who went to WA that they couldn't even get a coffee without showing their vaccination really? status. So in South Australia, we took a... The way that I looked at it and provided the advice to the commissioner was that um, we would require mandatory vaccination in areas of... Of high risk. So that would be uh, healthcare, aged care, corrections and the like. And we very much limited it to where there were either vulnerable people or importantly, because it answers this question, mm -hmm. where people are at greater risk of catching COVID. And we look at that from an OC health and safety perspective. Now, when the emergency was lifted, uh, SA Health looked at our policy for vaccines for staff. We already have a policy in place way, way before COVID that covers things like um, hepatitis, be uh, whooping cough um, and some of those vaccines are to protect our patients and some of those vaccines also are there to protect our staff from an OCH health and safety perspective so the COVID vaccine mandate for our staff is only for staff working face to face with patients they are at an increased risk of catching COVID and yep. we know that the vaccine reduces severe disease hospitalisation and importantly long COVID um, so that's why we have a mandatory vaccination policy for our staff Okay, and just very quickly what's a for you now, the COVID emergency out the way, is it day-to-day -day looking at 
salmonella and everything else <laughs> that we used to ever hear from the Chief Public Health Officer about? Well, look, there's lots of things in public health that um, are still on our agenda and certainly we're still um, concerned about COVID and some of those other communicable diseases. But one of the biggest threats to human health is actually climate change. Mm. And climate change, um, uh, with with uh, hotter days, um, we know we have more people needing to go to hospital. They often get into trouble if they've got chronic health conditions. Um, climate change also means that we've got more emergencies like bushfires and, and the like. Um, so there's lots of things that climate change does that impacts human health. The other thing is people might not be aware of is our hospitals emit a lot of carbon. Um, we've got quite a big carbon footprint in terms of the energy that we use and the sorts of um, uh, uh, treatments that we use for patients and including anaesthetic gases. So um, we, I've got a bit of a focus on that okay. at the moment um, and bringing together some of the really good work that our hospitals and health services have done in this space in terms of reducing emissions and also the adaptation around how do, how are we going to cope as a community going forward in South Australia. Right. Thank you very much for coming in today, though, Professor. Really appreciate that. And uh, the important message today, go get a flu jab. Thank you very much, Matthew. Professor Nicholas Burrier, 7 News on 5AA is next. <laughs>